What? So this happened. I'm Rachel Vallesnor, and this is the podcast Hell is Not the End, although it feels like just the beginning sometimes. Is anything really the end, though? This podcast is meant to explore the limitless possibilities of one's own soul. Why do people do bad things? Why are there countless happenings beyond understanding? Why, when we are cautioned not to do something, do we just do it anyway? The definition of curiosity, a strong desire to know or learn something. There you have it. I will curiously explore why. Hell is not the end. I was feeling super nostalgic after the last episode, so I wanted to follow up the episode with a close look at some other Disney writer deaths. It may be strange to say this topic has made me feel super nostalgic, but since we're kind of stuck inside mostly these days, I often feel like simple things like fun and leaving the house just isn't in the normal realm anymore. Space Mountain is a highly intense indoor, in the dark, space themed roller coaster ride at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. This attraction, with its almost cathedral like spires, blends together both a beautiful, exciting roller coaster ride and a very spooky, dark atmosphere. It would also be replicated at Tokyo Disneyland on April 15, 1983, which along with the opening of the park. Then, Disneyland Paris on June 1st, 1995, and Hong Kong Disneyland on September 12th, 2005, which along with the opening of the park. The Tokyo version was significantly changed in 2006 to reflect the Magic Kingdom's refurbished 2009 version. Guests waiting to board I don't think can be more blatantly warned when not to board. For safety, you should be in good health and free from high blood pressure, heart, back, or neck problems motion sickness, or other conditions that could be aggravated by this adventure, expectant mothers should not ride. My point is, these signs are posted everywhere. Read the signs. We will first focus on the Magic Kingdom. Space Mountain opened on January 15, 1975. Inspired, of course, by the huge success of the Matterhorn bobsled at Disneyland, which opened in 1959. The Matterhorn's success was a convincing factor that thrill rides have a place at Disney amusement parks. On August 1st, 2006, a six-year-old boy fainted after riding Space Mountain. He sadly was a terminal cancer patient visiting the Magic Kingdom as part of Give Kids the World program. The medical examiner's report would show that he died of natural causes due to a metastatic pulmonary blastoma tumor. A blastoma is a type of cancer that is more common in children. In this case of the six-year-old boy, not sure how to feel about this one, If he was my kid, I wouldn't have denied him going on this ride. I probably would have felt that he had nothing left to lose, and he may as well have had fun until it was no longer possible. I feel for his parents. They probably did exactly what they could to make this boy happy, comfortable, and maintaining his quality of life. I don't know his name, nor his parents, but in this case, I wouldn't say if I did. I think his family has been through enough. On December 7th, 2006, a 73-year-old man lost consciousness while riding Space Mountain. He was transported to a hospital and died three days later. The medical examiner's report would show that the man died of natural causes due to a heart condition. Needless to say, read the signs. The death was not only unnecessary, but negligent on his own part. On July 7, 2015, a 55-year-old woman lost consciousness while on the ride. She was transported to a hospital and died shortly after. According to the medical examiner's report, she died of cardiopulmonary arrest and septic shock, which is infection throughout the body. 
the cause being congestive heart failure and a history of hypertension. Moving on to Disneyland and to the most bizarre Space Mountain-related death to date, it was the very first noted death on record involving Space Mountain. But since the Magic Kingdom Space Mountain existed first, I wanted to talk about that ride first. Disneyland Space Mountain opened on May 27, 1977. On August 14, 1979, a 31-year-old Cheryl Hoffman became sick after riding on Space Mountain. At the end of the ride, she was unable to exit. She was feeling so ill that she couldn't get out of her seat. Cast members trying to help her told her to remain seated. They told her that they would remove her vehicle off the loading track and move her to an alternative sidetrack. This would give them time to help her out of her vehicle as well as clean it. Unfortunately, the cast members trying to help her failed to notify the ride operators. They were unaware of this entire situation. In turn, not knowing they were to move her vehicle off the loading track and onto the alternative track. Instead, sending her vehicle onto the ride for a second run. The second run lasting three minutes has sent her into a coma. Which results in her dying a week later. Her husband would sue, stating that his wife got below standard attention following this incident. He would state that the second run through the ride extremely increased his wife's chance of survival. The lawsuit would be settled involving an undisclosed amount due to her death being of natural causes. The coroner's report concluded her death to be caused by a heart tumor that had dislodged and had injured her brain. So again, read the signs. Witnessed by many riders over, over Space Mountain's history, there has been a mysterious rider commonly referred to as Mr. One-Way. Not only spotted at Disneyland, but there have been sightings of him at the Magic Kingdom, just not as many. He is sometimes described with reddish hair, older generational clothing, and his conversations seem out of date. Other than seeming a bit odd and being anxious, he is very pleasant and will chat and board the ride with you. Sadly, he never seems to exit with you. There have been many accounts of Mr. One-Way. There are no matching records of a person fitting his description dying in either parks. It has been said that after boarding the ride, he has been known to move around the ride. Maybe he boards behind you and then ends up in front of you, then simply disappears. This, of course, makes no sense due to the fact that it is so dark that you can't even see your own hand in front of your face. Disney Imagineers had consulted astronauts in the early stages of creating Space Mountain. Disney has always been known for attention to detail, great experience, and keeping you coming back for more. Now how cool is that? What can I say about Space Mountain? Only the best ride ever. Seriously, no other ride compares. My favorite memory was a pass holder night. We got to ride with the lights on. It was such a crazy realization of how close the metal frame was to your head. Mind-blowing. Also, I had two sprained ankles that night. <laughs> Side note, I have to mention Big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland. Space Mountain is my favorite ride, but Big Thunder Mountain is a very, very close second. That ride is so fast and freeing, and so underrated. I'm telling you, ride Big Thunder Mountain as soon as possible. You'll thank me later. Oh, and my cousin pooped on that ride. Yuck. Should I have warned someone? Oh well. Fun fact, an American voice actor named Dallas McKinnon voices the safety announcements to this day. Whose voice did he famously replicate? Well, none other than Benjamin Franklin himself. 
Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is a highly intense mine train roller coaster. Introduced at Disneyland on September 2nd, 1979. Soon followed at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom on September 15th, 1980. Tokyo at Disneyland on June 4th, 1987. And Disneyland Paris on April 12th, 1992. On September 5th, 2003, a 22-year-old Marcelo Torres died after suffering severe blunt force trauma and extensive internal bleeding and a derailment of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad roller coaster. The cause was due to improper maintenance. Cast members reported hearing unfamiliar sounds but lacked instructions on how to handle this. His fatal injuries occurred when the first passenger train directly behind the train's engine became airborne, hitting the ceiling of the tunnel and crashing back down on the first passenger train. It's always worth noting that out of the six Disney resorts, there are two resorts that don't have any documented incidents other than the pandemic, COVID-19. Both Hong Kong Disneyland and Shanghai Disneyland, of course, they haven't been around as long. But it's always good to know when operations go exactly the way they're supposed to. So, my cousin Bud brought up a good point regarding the many mysteries surrounding Disneyland. What about the conspiracies? You know, the stuff that's not entirely fact by fact? yet still as interesting, if not more, than the events that are. This has brought me to the realization that we need a new segment on this podcast. Enter the Conspiracy Corner. speculation for many years that guests over the years have left human remains. Of course, meaning cremated remains, not corpses. Stories of scattering loved ones' ashes usually involve certain slow water rides, Pirates of the Caribbean, It's a Small World, and of course the Haunted Mansion. Tales of real ghostly spirits joining those already there. But there has never been a confirmed case of any human ashes, human remains, discovered at Disneyland to date. In 2007, a powdery substance witnessed by others being released into the waters on Pirates of the Caribbean. The woman who released it claimed it was baby powder. Why would you release baby powder into the water of an amusement park ride? And where was this baby? You know the people that claim they are not releasing ashes into water? People who are releasing ashes into water. Talk about violating safety codes. Leaving my question to be, how on earth can you test an unknown substance diluting and flowing water? Maybe that is why there are no confirmed cases? Hmm. Special thanks to all the reading materials I could get my hands on. Internet mostly. Thanks to Bustle, Showbiz Cheat Sheet. Disney List, and Wikipedia.org. Also, special shout-out to Richard Carradine, who wrote The Park After Dark, an original unauthorized guide to the happiest, haunted place on Earth. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Rachel Vallisnora, and this is the podcast, How Is Not the End. <laughs> <laughs>